sports betting podcast that was the queen's favorite sports betting podcast actually so uh rest in peace the queen um so we're joined today with myself i'm your host jacob we've got my best friend our betting specialist andrew howdy how's it going y'all <laughs> <Yee-haw>. uh <laughs> and we're also joined by two special guests who will definitely be joining us in the future but this is their debut so we've got our football or our, our soccer um Specialist Tommy. What's up, guys? Excited to be here. And we've got Marcus, who is the rightful heir of Scotland, and he is also in Scotland right now. How you doing, Marcus? I'm doing well. Yeah, Jacob. Thanks for having me. Of course, dude. I'm glad you could call in at this late hour. I know. It's, so Marcus and I are both in the UK, and it's twelve. Yeah. Is, is, are you in the same time zone? It's like twelve oh eight for me right now. Yeah, twelve oh eight. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> um. So. Yeah. So I'm gonna go read a quick. Nice little disclosure, and then we'll jump into things. So we are not in any way, shape, or form offering financial advice. Everything we share is pure speculation and opinion. So make sure you check your state laws to see if sports betting is legal or what options there are in your state. If you or anyone you know is addicted to gambling, please call the National Council on Problem Gambling at 1-800-522-4700. All right. So with that, also our lines are taken from BetMGM as of is the date august 13th all right so quick overview september. oh september you're right dude i thought it was <laughs> august still <laughs> jeez louise man the year's gone by yeah so lower lines are taken from september 13th um so quick little overview we're going to talk nfl week one reactions it's pretty crazy week one um nfl week two bets and our outlook college football week two reactions culture football week three bets and epl is it week three i mean week six or week five or what week is it i, I don't even week know six technically week six. week six but it's like week five and a half because only half yeah teams are playing that's so. yeah pretty much um so epl week six so we're gonna because this is a special uh uk episode uh we're gonna talk some soccer talk some other fun bets from across the pond yeah, so like I said, Marks and I are both in the UK right now, so we're going to throw some spicy UK bets in here. So let's start off with NFL Week 1 reactions. Um, I mean, my main one, I guess, to get into is the Patriots look pretty bad. I don't know if you guys feel similarly, but I thought they looked really, really bad. Yeah, I think uh, Mac Jones definitely, you know, there's a lot of hype about him for sure some weight in the off season and it was like oh mac jones is <laughs> he's not mac fat jones anymore is, so he's a, he's actually athletic now he's not just yeah. a, a chubby cigar <laughs> smoker but yeah, yeah. Mac jones? He, it, Snack. He clearly <laughs> he clearly did not gain any football ability for sure or like arm strength <laughs> at all 
That's actually yeah, how he lost pretty, the weight. It was just muscle. For sure, yeah. He lost all his muscle. He's just fat now. <laughs> yeah, I'm a pretty big Mac Jones. Uh, I don't want to say hater, but probably pretty, pretty much a Mac Jones hater. I don't Me think too. he's very good. I don't think he's better than 99% of quarterbacks in the NFL. It's almost like one of those guys who you're almost mad that he's in and you see a lot of guys with talent that don't ever get chances. And this dude can barely pass 10 yards. Um, I just think Bill Belichick, I think they're losing. I mean, the fact that they hired Matt Patricia back and he was like a failure in Detroit and they just hired him back. It just feels kind of like family business that's failing and they don't want to fire their uncle that never shows up for work and, you know, does drugs in the bathroom and they just won't come to terms with it. But I feel like they're just losing losing the dynasty magic and that game against the Dolphins, like they just looked, they got beaten every way, shape and form. So, yeah. I, I think Bill Belichick is, is kind of in his like trolling stage. I, I, a little <laughs> bit like LeBron. It's like, let's see what we can do. Like, let's yeah. see if I can win with, with, with milk toast at QB. Like, For sure. like let's pull out, all the random things like let's draft players from middle Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Like let's, let's do everything in our power and see if we can still win 10 games. And you yeah. know, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend like he's not going to win 10 games. He probably will. Yeah. Um, but it is very interesting because Tom Brady was kind of that extra thing that I think put them right over the edge. And now the Belichick's doing whatever he wants. And yeah. here's another thought, Nick Casario, Texans, GM Wonderboy, we have to wonder how much, how much he was playing a role in the Patriots dynasty. Because, not to segue, Texans, we yeah. looked good for three quarters. Three for sure, quarters may have choked it, but I think there it's it's a positive positive uh, trajectory from last year. For sure, I mean they look way better. I don't know if anyone wants to comment on. I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear everyone's thoughts on the playing for the, for the draw for me, it, it's like such a mixed emotion thing of like, it, you didn't lose, but also when you kind of bottle the win, it does feel like we've lost or the, te- I don't want to say we as in, you know, the Texans lost. Um, as I don't know. I don't know. How, you, how do you guys feel about that? Yeah, I think that the, uh, I mean, as a, as someone who had the Texans season wins over, it feels yeah. like a loss for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so I have some bias there. But <laughs> I, I think that in our division, kind of like you guys mentioned on a couple of previous episodes, uh, with our division being very much open uh, and, and, you know, even the Titans looking very questionable this week, mm-hmm. it's now confirmed this could be anyone's division. Um, yeah. Maybe the Titans are still definitely the favorite, but I, I think you have to take every opportunity that you have. And so, um, not that, not that bottling should impact the decision making on mm-hmm. playing for the draw, but sure. I think when you are up like that, and then you let them come back mm-hmm. uh, to just accept it, it feels yeah. feels like uh, not the move. But yeah, I also think that the Colts are a better team than they looked mm-hmm. in that game. Uh, I mean, if you look back at Matt Ryan's career the best probably year or two of his career where he was, I think, MVP and they were in the Super Bowl. Uh, He had Devontae Freeman running wild 
in the in the backfield and now he has you know possibly you know an even I mean, definitely an even better player in Jonathan. Yeah, Taylor. I was about to say undeniably better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> taking the taking the pressure off of him, and I think, you know, he needed a couple quarters to figure it out. But I I think the Colts are going to be a strong team. So looking <clears> back at this draw in a few weeks, it could it could look a lot stronger than it feels. For sure, I think that's a great point. I think that's a great point in the sense of like if they're like the best. I think I think they were the were they the favorites one or was it the Titans? Uh, to win the conference, I can't remember. I think it, I think it was the Titans by a little bit, but I think yeah, I think it was right close. Yeah. I think it was close, yeah. and I think that's a great point of like if they're the best team in the division potentially, whooping on them for three quarters looks really really good. It almost feels like they have more to improve on than the Texans do because they are just the better team on paper. So it's like if the Texans can just I mean they have a new Texans have a new coach. Um, they have a quarterback in their second year. Matt Ryan's like been in the league since the 1900s. And um, so I feel like the, te- and they have like the M- almost MVP running back. So it's like, you kind of think about those things like Texas have a rookie running back too. Um, so I think you think, and two, two starting defensive uh, backs who are rookies and, and, and looked amazing the of, by the way. At the end of the day, your, a tie is a half win. So it is, yeah. it is if, if you would have told me before the year we'd have a <laughs> yeah. half win against the Colts, I'd say that's awesome. <laughs> like, like it hurts from a betting perspective. Yeah, Tommy, that, that hurts. Um, but from a like, positivity in the trajectory sure. of a franchise, it's great. And I have sure. to say, I was just thrilled. And I mean, it's, it's Homer of me to say this, and I'm wearing a Texans hat right now. For this yeah. <laughs> so it's very over Texans podcast. But the secondary looked awesome, despite like mm-hmm. letting up a little mm-hmm. bit. The secondary was incredible. So Jonathan Owens, Jarek Stingley, um, and Jalen Petrie, incredible. I I want to relate this to betting a little bit. I think I'm going to take some some opposing side Texans unders in the future mm-hmm. um, because I think we let up some points that shouldn't have been let up. And mm-hmm. like Marcus said, you're against Matt Ryan and Jonathan Taylor. If you would have told me yeah. I was going up against Matt Ryan and Jonathan Taylor and I was only allowed sure. 20 points, I'll take it any day. Well, the crazy yeah. thing is, too, like the goal line defense was like dirty. Like they, oh, they couldn't run the ball on the Texans. So. Mm-hmm. Straight uh, down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, Michael Pittman Jr. is also on the Colts. All right. Anyone, any other NFL reactions? I mean, obviously the Seahawks game. So for context on my from my end, uh, that game was on at like 1.45 a.m. here. So I woke up just like, all right, let me let me just check the highlights of that game. And I was like, this surely cannot be possible. Uh, like Kenneth Walker was injured. I thought surely. The Seahawks also looked really bad last season with Russell Wilson. So I thought surely there's no way. I thought it was going to be a blowout. Um, but Seahawks somehow won. Uh, did you guys? Did any of you guys watch that game? Because I was asleep. Geno Smith is. He looked great. it week one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, that that just goes to show you how good everyone in the NFL is. That someone can just show up yeah. and like look. At, like he looked For like sure. prime Russell Wilson. So mm-hmm. I mean, what what do we even say about that? Yeah, there's really not much to say besides like go watch those <laughs> go watch those highlights <laughs> and just be perplexed. And that kind of goes back to what I said about Mac. Is in the sense of like there are guys like Gino who like 
mess up one time and don't get a chance. Um, and even Eight Mariota, years. who looked really good, Mariota looked awesome this week. Yep. Um, and mm-hmm. the, and Jameis, um, and they just oh they're bad or whatever. Um, and then guys like Mac like get the benefit of the doubt for no reason, even though they they never looked good in my opinion, and they had Hall of Famers on their team and even in college. So I don't know. Yeah, we we say this all the time, but uh, if there were if there was uh, another league that was considered at least somewhat mm-hmm. on that level of the NFL to where guys would prefer to be a starter in that league for sure. as opposed to a backup in the NFL, we would see truly how much talent there is out there. Because yeah. um, you see that with, we'll talk about later, with soccer where there's all these different mm-hmm. leagues. You see all these guys just balling in their respective yeah. leagues. And with the NFL, there's 32 starting QB spots. And so... Mm-hmm. Every single year, there's going to be the new guys that come in from college, the new hot pick, and there's going to be guys that just get left out to dry because they had one bad game. Sure. Um, I'm pretty sure I saw that Gino, it's eight years between opening day starts for him, Jeez, uh, which is unbelievable. And he puts up this performance, you know? So yeah, I, awesome. I think it's, uh, <laughs> it almost makes me sad thinking about how much talent's out there that we just don't even get to see. Dude, but that's you a love it point. when you do get to see it. So. Yeah, that's a great point. It's like, he was actually drafted by the Jets, right? Like, mm-hmm. at, at, probably at like one of their, <laughs> probably at one of their lowest points. I mean, he he definitely deserves another chance. Yeah, yeah. Anyone who goes to the Jets deserve. deserves another chance at life. <laughs> <laughs> they just deserve better. I think that's the saddest thing about the NFL is like your your future just depends on like what teams decided to suck in yeah like it, yeah exactly like if you go to the and Jets the or the Browns you're just you're done the NBA is actually worse because your future is decided by a bunch of lottery balls like That's you imagine true. you just you suddenly you're drafted to the Pistons and you're like oh, <laughs> my, my career is over yeah <laughs> you're drafted to the Indiana Pacers and you just know oh man <laughs> we're, we're I'm done really my favorite thing is that these teams will draft a dude and then decide that he's going to single-handedly save their franchise. And yeah. when he doesn't, after one year, he's out of the league. <laughs> like, For sure. It's like, yeah. what if this dude had a chance? It's like the Mark Sanchez thing, speaking of the Jets, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, that man could have had a great NFL career. But instead, Rex Ryan was like, you're going to just save my job and everyone's <laughs> lives right now. Yeah. Uh, and one butt fumble later, he's For sure. uh, they were like, you're going to stop all the crime in New Jersey and New York. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just you. You're going to play offense and defense. He came close. He tried. Yeah, he tried his best. They mm-hmm. looked the best with him than anyone else. So, mm-hmm. In hindsight, yeah, like... Yeah. You know. yeah, what was that? An AFC championship game or something? Mm-hmm. They, they made it back. to multiple and lost. Yeah. I think they lost the Patriots both times. Yep. Was that it? Yeah. Yep. Tough stuff. Crazy, man. Tommy, do you want to talk about Baker Mayfield losing and uh, also... Uh, hurting my bet last week, which I fully believed in Baker and the Panthers. Oh, I was blown away. So I think, I, I think there was almost uh, it gets to a larger point, um, I, and this will tie in with a little bit of the college football stuff too. I think uh, there's a bit of a, a trend this week in the NFL where just this early in the season, guys coming in, guys leaving, new pieces, new tactics. Uh, just every year we forget how crazy stuff can be, especially at the beginning of the year. Because if you start looking at all the teams that lost, Bills, Bengals, Niners, Panthers, I mean, 
Titans, like yeah. so many weird games. Packers, like it was all over the place this week. And uh, the Panthers, though, specifically really surprised me because I thought at home, emotional game for Baker, Browns mm-hmm. in shambles. Uh, I, I really, really thought the Panthers would. Uh, yeah, be able to it felt it like out. a lock to me. It did. It did. That was, if, if I had to pick a lock of the week, I it mean, just, it, yeah. it was probably that one. It just so. shows you we don't know anything about, like, week one in any sport is just almost yeah. impossible. Even the NFL, which should be more predictable. Um, but I will say, like, we had some great games. Um, and, like, at one point, yep. we were, so my friend Colin, he was letting me stay with him in London. He and I were watching, like, we were watching Dolphins Patriots. And it was like, it was an okay game. Like, it was really just like a defensive domination by the Dolphins. And, like, all the other games were kind of okay. And at one point, every game went to overtime. Like, at one moment, every game became an mm-hmm. insane game or, like, like last second win. It was like, and, like, we were just watching, like, eight games at once. And it was just, like, it literally went from, like, three hours of nothing to, like, 20 minutes of pure bliss. And it was all, dude, it was, it was a great, I thought it was a great week one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were some crazy overtime games in college this week as well. It was, uh, it was a wild weekend. Oh man. I don't want to talk about that yet. We'll get to that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's do, unless does anyone else have anything NFL week one kind of thoughts or reactions they want to share before we get into our bets? I was just going to tag on to the Panthers versus Browns game thoughts and just say that, um, I've got Nick Chubb on my fantasy team. Yeah. And I feel like that guy flies under the radar. I mean, hmm. he had 140 yards on 22 Jeez carries. For, wow. You know, averaging. Did you win that fantasy game by any chance? Uh, I did not. That was a, <laughs> that was a big old stinky L. For yeah. Me. But um, but Nick Chubb tried his hardest. So. And he yeah, is really like, un- like people don't really talk about him. At all. Yeah, he's really like a low-key player for some reason. But yeah, mm-hmm. he is a workhorse on the ground for sure. Yeah, he's great. All right, boys, with that, let's go to our week two picks. Um, why don't we start with Tommy, actually? All right, I'll be happy to kick us off. So my first pick this week and there's a bit of a trend to a couple of my picks um you might notice as we circle through these here so my first pick of the of the the week two for for this nfl season is going to be the titans plus 10 over the uh bills okay and this is a interesting one to me obviously the bills are a super bowl favorite they're a they're a sweetheart for everyone right now uh looked as good as they possibly could have against the rams yeah I'm going to give two quick reasons I think this is a, 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 a Titan spread. One, I think 10 points is just a lot in any NFL game. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that the NFL, as we're just talking about, there is so much talent at every single position on every single team. And it's one thing if you're looking at, you know, best in the league versus worst in the league. But I think the Titans are a very strong team. And I'm not going to say they're better than the Bills, but I'll take 10 points all day. Yeah. Uh other thing is that I think both teams are coming from very different week ones. So the Bills have basically the best possible start to the season they could have ever dreamed of. Go to L.A., beat the Rams, spoil their Super Bowl party. So they're on cloud nine. 
The Titans, on the other hand, had a super disappointing loss to the Giants. One-point game. Really, really uh, tough way to get your season going uh, as a close you know, favorite in the, in the division like we talked about. So I think the Titans are going to be very motivated. I think the Bills are going to try to, you know, they spent all offseason getting ready for that Rams game. Now they're going to have to get back mm-hmm. up for this. Uh, so I'll take the 10 points in the Titans yeah. on the road. I, I like that. I like your I like your reasoning too. I won't say I disagree. I think the mo- the thing I'm going to be looking out for, I think the story is going to be, can Ryan Tannehill do anything? I think that's going to be the <laughs> – because, like, I think the Bills' defense is so good. I think they can stop the run. Von Miller looked insane. I was, like, I was sh- – I think he'll win another Super Bowl. I think he'll win three with three teams. He looks so freaking good. Um, I think if they can – I think they can stop the run. But I – so I think it's going to be a really important that Tannehill can get it going on, on offense as far as passing. Um, if they can do that, I totally agree with you. I think it's a no-brainer. I think that opens up for Henry to actually break through those runs. Because, again, he's just a different beast. Um, like, he's not Daryl Henderson and uh, Cam Akers on the Rams. Um, so, yeah, I like that reasoning a lot. Uh, I'll go into my first pick. So, I really like the Chargers' money line versus Kansas City. Um, I think they kind of had a, a lackluster. They, they still won. But they had a lackluster game against Oakland. Um, the run game really wasn't very good. For them, which is, I think, an outlier for them. Um, I think they'll get the running game going, and I think Herbert and the running game is just too much for Kansas City's defense. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I don't know. Do you guys know if their kicker is back? I believe so. Yeah. Okay, because that was, that was pretty wild, too. He, that... he, came, he came back mid-game, I think. Like oh, he did. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, I did. looked great. Dude, like, that he was awesome. awesome. He was Justin booting it. Kicked it, out, kicked it out of the end, of the end zone. Yeah, that was crazy, man. That, that's just insane to be back good at sports, honestly. Yeah, so I don't <laughs> know. I think – so I, I like it because it's plus 170 money line. I don't think – there wasn't much separating these teams the last couple of years. They were pretty close games. Um, so I, I just think – I like the money line. I like the idea that they're going to look even better, that they had a, an outlier game against the Raiders and uh, – I don't think Kansas City's defense is good, and I don't think their offensive line is as good. So, yeah, I, li- I like the charge money line, plus 170. Uh, let's hear from – Oh, yeah, let me hear. Oh, yeah, dude, I think, I think this win. could be a big year for the Chargers. Yeah, I think yeah. this could be – I think they could uh, They're coming out year officially. I think they're ready for it. For sure. They've always been, like, on the fringe, but, yeah, I think they look good. Uh, Marcus, you want to go? Sure. Um, so, yeah, my – my pick I liked was the Seahawks spread versus the 49ers, which was mm. plus nine. Oh, wow. Um, which, if you just take a look at those teams' week ones, the trend is in the Seahawks' favor, for sure. Mm-hmm. The the 49ers are fresh off a 19-10 to 10 loss to the Bears. <laughs> yeah. Uh, led by... The notorious Justin Fields, um, and yeah, they they Trey Lance did not look good. He had oh my god, <laughs> he didn't. That was an oh my god he had, from Trey Lance. He had uh, <laughs> one interception and like like a little over a hundred yards or something like that. He yeah. yeah, he just didn't play well. Think- I think he's still being developed, and the 490s defense is still there, but 
Mm-hmm. I think all around the Seahawks looked like a solid team against the Broncos and certainly good enough to beat a plus nine spread. So For I think sure. that is my lock. Yeah, I love um, that one. Um, for this week. It'll be interesting to see if – I don't know if Kenneth Walker is going to be back, but that could be a game changer as well. Um, I'm mm-hmm. really excited to see him play. I'm, I loved him at Michigan State, so I'm really excited for that. Andrew, you want to finish off our first round of NFL bets? Yeah. Um, so I, I watched a good amount of NFL on Sunday, um, and I was imp- like I said, I was impressed with Texans secondary. And there was one other thing I was very impressed with, and I was trying to figure out a good way to bet it. Um, and, I mean, I know it was against the Jags, but seeing Carson Wentz sling the ball like he did that this that first year with the Eagles um, was – I mean, and then almost fumbled the game away. It was it was pretty wild. It's pretty massive class of Carson Wentz. That's a classic Carson Wentz. I think it's classic Carson Wentz, but at the same time, I think Ron Rivera's going to let him sling it. So I think I think he's going to be throwing the ball a good amount. I mean, I think yeah, he threw for three hundred thirteen yards, threw forty one times. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. They're playing the Lions this week. The Lions allowed thirty eight points. Whoa, I think. And like 240 yards to Jalen Hurts. Well, I mean, he's not throwing the ball as much as Carson Wentz is. Wait, that was passing he, yards. Passing yards. Yep. Oh yep. my. So I think how Carson many wins? Uh, 243. Three. Jalen Hurts. Oh yeah. my goodness. And I'm a doubter of Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I mean and that's freaking crazy though. So uh, the line hasn't come out yet. My assumption it's going to be like anywhere between like 275, 285. I mean, even if it's inching up to 300. I want it. I, I think I'm going to take it. I yeah. think that's my. Because it doesn't matter how many picks he throws, or exactly. it's just about how many yards. He it doesn't does. matter if he fumbles. If they the game win, away. yeah, it doesn't matter. He's just slinging it. I think this game's going to be close. Like, yeah. I think Washington could be throwing the ball even more. Um, and so uh, that's my bet because I think the line for the actual game is two and a half. I like the Lions personally, so I don't really mm-hmm. want to touch either side there. I but I that. would love to see. I'd love to see just like a shootout. Um, yeah. And I think Carson Wentz is capable. Yeah, dude, I, I really like that. Um, I didn't really watch that game, but that was one of the ones that came on like at the end, and I was like, "How is this?" Because they they came back, and or the Jags came come back. Yeah, it was it was back and forth. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty, like it was like cool, a though. it was a bag fumble by uh, the the Commanders. I yeah. keep forgetting they were the Commanders. <laughs> I yeah. forgot that was their name. Yeah, but yeah, sweet. All right, uh, Tommy, let's hear. Your second pick. I would like to, uh, as a side note, uh, just declare them the Washington football team for the purposes. Of I like process. that. I think we're yes. just being, yeah, mm-hmm. they're still the Washington football team. So. They'll <laughs> always be the Washington football team to me. All time bag fumbles to get rid of. That. Speaking of bag fumbles, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that it was an old. They like they somehow made like the most boring interim name, and then like I really liked it though. It went from the most – I was like, that's actually sick. It's just yeah. nice. It's just Washington football team. That's it. It's clean. Honestly, I don't know what it is about American sports and <clears throat> having a mascot. but Yeah, for sure. The, and it has yeah, like the like, weirdest – We ran out of good mascots. Yeah, like we they just did. need to drop it. It's like it's cheesy in most cases, and it just doesn't work to try to like come up with a new mascot. Like for sure. It's just bad no matter what you choose. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, there's like a few that – like really just the historic ones. It's like, of course, the Bears and the Lions yes. are cool. Yeah. It's just like plain. 
Question, do you think when they're coming up with new mascot names, do you think Washington had a better name? And then it was like, it was like, instead of Rams, it was goats or something. And the Rams were like, nope. And they said, okay, well, let's do the Tigers. And the Detroit said, nope. And like, they just kept coming up with stuff. And then they had to settle for like the eighth best option. I feel like they're they so were encroaching incompetent. on that territory. I feel like they're so incompetent. <laughs> no, that didn't happen. I think they literally were just like, what's the worst name we could pick? Yeah, I, <laughs> there was some... I don't think. Yeah, I don't think they even came at it from like a trial and error. I think they no. literally just came at it like, what is the most basic, like non-offensive thing we can choose, and that has like something to do with the fact that we're in Washington D.C. And I think Commanders is what they came up with. <laughs> yeah. Gross. I think it was an executive decision, 100%. Had to take them at least at least three, four minutes at the, at the round table <laughs> yeah. to come up with that one. <laughs> yeah. Real tough I also, one. <laughs> I, I also thought, like, and this is obviously giving them way too much credit, but for a second there, when they accidentally leaked it the night before, a part of me was like, what if they leaked it on purpose to get the public reaction? That'd and be it's bad. bad They'll just keep watching a football team. And the reaction Bro. couldn't have been worse. And then no, they were couldn't. like, no, we're they had like that. You remember the helicopter footage of the stadium and they saw inside and people were like, please, God, no. Please, no. And they were like, and then, yep. Yeah, we have 24 <laughs> hours to do this. Hell, <laughs> yo. I feel like teams should do that more. I feel like they should leak stuff Dude, like the that. The thing more. is, like, even with jerseys, have you noticed that with jerseys too? Like, yeah. The, and notice, especially in soccer. The team, a team will leak, like a jersey will leak, like, for example, like Liverpool or Tottenham will leak, like, this, the ugliest kit you've ever seen. But Manchester United, too, they leak that nasty mm. neon green kit. And everyone is like, please do not release this. Please. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. And they're <laughs> like, you, they have months to just not do it. Because you see the concepts and they still do it. They still make yep. them. They have to lose money on those. I guess not for since sure. they're made, you know, in sweatshops for 10 cents. But I don't know. <laughs> I would just feel like they would the fans would actually buy them if they just let them have any input at all. Any input. The fans would buy them endlessly. When a jersey's good, they sell out instantly. So makes no it's sense. Amazing. It's uh they they really overthink it and then somehow just fumble the bag every time. For sure. Um, it might be a Nike problem too, who knows? Well yeah, that probably doesn't help either. Um clearly if Nike's just releasing the same jersey for like twenty different teams, then clearly yeah. the creativity is not overflowing there. Uh, okay, so for my second uh, pick of the week, we're going to circle back to the trend with the first pick and do another plus 10 spread. Uh, and this time it's going to be the Bears plus 10 against the Packers. So this is like similar that. vibes to my first pick where it's definitely taking the worst of the two teams. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say the Bears are, are good by any stretch. Uh, but again, Going back to the logic earlier, I do think 10 points is a lot. I also think the Packers, I think Xavier mentioned this last week, the Packers have gotten off the slow starts a couple years in a row now, mm-hmm. and it and he was just nail on the head uh, yeah. this time again. For sure. Because the Packers, I mean, could not have looked worse, and I think they will end up being fine. I mean, you know, a month from now, Rodgers will have some receiver that he ha- has looking like an MVP, and, you know, we'll completely forget this. But I think the Packers still are going to have at least one more week of uh, kind of trying to figure stuff out. And I think they'll win, uh, but I could, easy, I could definitely see the Bears covering a plus-10 spread and just kind of a sloppy 
scrappy game. Um, you know, especially especially after the Bears proved the ability to at least, you know, do something with that win over the 49ers. So um, don't expect them to win necessarily, but I like this game. Yeah, I, I really like that. I really I didn't see that one honestly. That one's awesome. The Packers in, in the great. As an Aaron Rodgers uh, sympathizer, uh, someone who enjoys watching his football more than any quarterback not named Tom Brady. Um, I gotta say, I think I think week two is his is always his like I'm angry. The receivers are running wind sprints and like, dude. If they drop, I just if don't they think he many, has any receivers. If they drop any more, well, I agree. If, if they drop as many passes as they did, he probably leaves. He probably just checks out for the year. Uh, he just walks off at halftime. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like, in general, uh, what's his face? Antonio Brown. Yeah. I, what's yeah. funny is they usually play the Lions week two, and that usually is the reason he wins week two. Uh, he gets the Lions. Back. Yeah, they're not playing the Lions. Well, it's funny. Like you could look the last like three years or three or four years, and he like either loses or wins close against a bad team week one the last like four years week two it's like always lines and he wins like 40 to 10 oh. um <laughs> is this so, in chicago or green bay uh it is uh in in green bay okay okay i actually think i actually think hmm. it's like neutral when rogers goes to chicago because he like owns them basically i think he plays better i think i think the booze like egg him on so th- that actually i think works in the bears favor <laughs> Yeah, I also think they're coming off a really big win. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So I I imagine Vegas is like factoring in Aaron Rodgers' rebound game and Bears letting up because they won a game into that 10-point spread. But that's still a lot of cushion for any NFL team. So I like the pick, but... uh, I'm going to take it. I like it a lot. I, I was pretty bearish after watching that game on the Packers. I just don't think he has the help. Yeah, bearish. <laughs> it's a sign. Yeah, they're winning. I'm doubling sure. down. Uh, yeah, I just think Packers, they just didn't look good, man. When that dude, that rookie dropped that touchdown pass, I knew. I was like, that's not good. There's his, there's his confidence. Gone. Yeah, he has negative receivers. Like, <laughs> yeah. Bama, the year Mac Jones was there, had better receivers by oh, far, no doubt. Than what Arizona is now. right now. Yeah, Bama, Bama. Alabama right now has better receivers. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, I'll go with my second pick. Um, I like the Steelers' money line versus the Patriots uh, at even odds. I, again, I just don't think the Patriots are good. I think the Steelers' defense is very, very good. And the fact that they – I mean, they had four picks against Joe Burrow. Um, most of those picks were not because Burrow – was bad like he didn't throw like if you look at the stats it looks like he had a really bad game he didn't the defense was like 100 behind almost maybe three of those four if not all of them um so i think i like the Steelers pick i think they're gonna give mac jones nightmares and i just don't see the patriots having an answer for them on run or passing and Najee harris is injured i don't know how long he'll be injured for but I still feel like the Steelers are just like a running back factory and whoever they put in there will be okay. So I like that pick. Um, yeah. Uh, I do like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. I don't think there's any reason to feel excited about the Patriots right now. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that Steelers game was pretty sick. So um, Marcus, what would you got? 
what I got is Ravens minus three and a half Period. versus the Dolphins. <laughs> uh, it just feels like a pretty solid pick to me. I the Dolphins obviously had a good game against the Patriots last week, but as we were just saying, the Patriots look pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And to only put up, you know, I mean, the yeah, the team still looked sort of lackluster. It was not yeah. anything to make me think they're about to play a close thriller mm-hmm. with the Ravens. Yeah. Um, and I, I just think Lamar Jackson is looking good. He's he's trying to win a con- win a contract right now, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I think it's it looks good for for my or, uh, yeah minus three and a half. I feel like it'll be at least a touchdown for them if not for more. sure. So yeah, I love that pick. I totally agree with you, especially when you talk about the Dolphins offense, like that game, like you said, nothing about that game makes you think, Oh, their offense is good. They had a defensive yeah. touchdown. They, I mean, they had so they had like three takeaways, I think. Um, so yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. And the Ravens offensively are everything. The Patriots are not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's the complete, Absolutely. I mean, you couldn't have two more opposite quarterbacks. You, yeah. So. You can't really game plan for them either. Like it's almost right. impossible. And Lamar did look very good, especially passing. Mm-hmm. He has some great passes. I think he had the longest, this is a niche stat, but I think he had the <laughs> longest in like longest in air touchdown throw of his career. It was like a, it was oh, like wow. a 52 yard in the air throw for a touchdown. And I think I saw he was like 0 of 2 previously in his career. Oh, wow. Things like that. Yeah, so, so the, the Lamar can't throw. It's on a new level. Is in shambles right now. Mm-hmm. And the Marquise, Marquise Brown leaving, impacting mm-hmm. him, didn't really mm-hmm. seem like Bateman and Duvernay looked, looked, were that role basically for him. For sure. And he always has Mark Andrews. So, like, no matter what happens, yeah, that's facts. there Be with, a, with a 12 yard game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Duvernay right. looks solid. And I think. Hollywood Brown is like slightly above average, so yeah, mm-hmm. it's not. Yeah, not um, yeah, I totally agree. They have that other receiver too. I can't remember his name right now, but he also looked good. Duvernay. No, the other guy. Oh, Bateman. Yes, Bateman. Yeah. Yeah, he's a beast. Um, yeah, Andrew, is it your? You don't have another one, do you? That's it. I don't. I'm you don't need one more. one player prop a week. The last one here. Yeah. So right me, let's go. Carson Wentz yards yeah, over for sure. And just to recap, Andrew was four for four last week. So hell yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna ride that. To, yeah, to the for moon. Sure. We'll we'll the see moon, where the college college picks go and yeah, man, that was awesome. Um, Betting God. Yeah, dude, that was sick. Um, I was two for four. Baker Mayfield lost me one, and then Mizzou was horrible. Absolutely <laughs> terrible. So, that, that'll teach um, you that Mizzou. Yeah, man, I shouldn't have believed in statistics. I thought I knew everything. I was like, oh, yeah, the stats, man. Um, okay, let's go back. I'll go back to my last one. This one is kind of – I just really like this one. Um, it's Eckler over rushing yards, and it's over 53.5 yards. I again, I think last week is an outlier. I think he'll at least have a hundred. Uh, so that I, I mean, like, I just think that's a smash. 
it's minus one fifteen, so it's not you're not really getting crazy value on this, but I do just think it's the closest to a lock that I could give you. Um, so I would definitely take that pick. Uh, Tommy, let's yeah. hear your your third. I like the Oakra pick a lot. Um, thirty three and a half seems low. Um, yeah, it does. so third pick, uh, going over forty seven and a half in the Falcons Rams game. Um, I have to imagine this is as low as it is. I mean, low, quote unquote, you know, 47 and a half is not the lowest over under, but considering the two teams, I think the Rams 10 point uh, performance in week one, uh, has scared Vegas a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. the Falcons put up 26 against what I think is a pretty solid Saints defense. So. I think the Rams are going to score more than 10 points against not the Bills. And I also think uh, Stafford is going to be uh, extra motivated to come out and uh, have a, uh, you know, a, a classic Stafford performance. Uh, and by the way, I don't think he looked bad. Uh, I, I should say that. I don't think he looked as bad as people are, are acting like he did. Uh, and so, yeah, for mean, sure. Uh, so he's getting yeah. roasted. And mm-hmm. I mean, like, there's one pick he threw. That was a no look pass and got, uh, and, but the, you know, hit the receiver in the hands. It was like six inches high. Uh, so, and the, but you know, dude should have caught it, doesn't catch it, gets intercepted. That was kind of how the game went for him. I think he'll be, he'll be back to his uh, usual self. And I think the Falcons will maybe put up, you know, 17 Rams, you know, throw up 35, 40. Um, and, sure. uh, and we're right there at that 47. So all we need is just some kind of big play, something to mm-hmm. take it over the top. And, uh, I think it hits. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I mean, we're big, Matt. I think most of us, not all of us are big Matt Stafford fans in the, in the group. So well, and I, think, I agree. I think we have to ignore the bills result week one. I, I was thinking about it the other day. The bills are as like close to a super team in, in NFL as I think you can get to, they cut OJ Howard who had two touchdowns for the Texans on Sunday. I mean, that, that says it all because I thought he was worth at least like a fifth round pick. Um, They're literally cutting this man. Their, their roster has too much talent on it, I think. Mm -hmm. And from a defensive standpoint, they're hungry and the Rams are coming off their Super Bowl. It's like, we can't put a lot of stock in the fact that the bills are coming out angry off of last year. Exactly. The Rams team is also time. very different. Yes. Yeah. Like the Rams sure. lost a lot of guys and the Bills just added Von Miller. So Everyone. Yeah. I think, <laughs> yeah. 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 The, the Rams, Von Miller loss is huge alone. Yeah, I mean, that's it is. Crazy. I think it is. He was a big, I think, dude, he was, I think, a bigger locker room presence than Aaron Donald. He had to tell Aaron Donald in the Super Bowl, dude, you need to step up and you need to be the leader on this team. So that just tells you right there, he really was the leader of the defense, I think. Bobby Wagner, though, is good. He's very good, but he didn't look great against the Bills. Again, it could just be, like Andrew's saying, the Bills literally could just be the best team ever. I don't know. They looked like it. Um, so who knows? Um, but, yeah, I, t- I like that pick a lot. I do. Uh, Marcus, let's hear your final NFL pick. Take us home, and we're going to jump into maybe the wildest college football week I, I can remember in a long time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so my last pick was a bit of a bit of a prop. Um, it's uh, Herbert and Mahomes with three plus TDs each. 
and total of 55 plus points scored in the Holy game guacamole. for plus 350. And now it sounds unlikely when you first hear it, but if you look at the the history of these two teams playing each other in the past two years with Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes, they have been just like really electric games, mm-hmm. shootouts, high scoring, usually ending like somewhere like, you know, 35 to 32, stuff like that. So it's, I think it's not 50-50, but 60-40 in favor. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I don't know. I think it's uh Math. I think it's 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 possible. And they both threw more than three touchdowns last week. For sure. Um, I think that's a good I think that's a good bet. I mean is not yeah. No, I don't think I it like is. It. For plus three fifty, I think it's like if you're gonna take anything plus three fifty, yeah. I like that I more mean, than almost anything. It's two teams who are prone to shootouts who have had shootouts in the past, and I think it's uh it looks pretty good. Yeah, dude, I like that. Um, I'll take that as like a high risk, high reward pick for sure. Yeah. But I like it. I don't think it's that risky for 350. Um, yeah, that's yeah, great. I think it's better than it, been better than the odds. Yeah, sure. for, sure. for sure. Oh, spice. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, let's, let me just set the mood or let me just set the scene for you guys with, uh, my experience with this college football weekend. Uh, so I'm flying to London and I think I took a sleeping pill or something. Like I completely fell asleep and I lost Like had no way of checking the scores of any of the games. So I went to bed. Like, I think I knew A&M was like struggling with, with, uh, Appalachian, Appalachian. state. I didn't think, you know, whatever. So they were playing, I tried to watch Baylor BYU on the plane Wi-Fi. It wouldn't work, so I just went to bed. And I did see Alabama beat Texas by one, but I literally woke up from in the plane and just checked the scores. Like, how in the heck did any of this happen? Just how did it happen? It, it completely blew my mind. It was absolutely insane. I, and I saw the videos, like, people at Appalachian State parading in the streets. Um, it was crazy, man. I mean, it's funny because Appalachian State, weirdly enough, has a history of like upsetting big teams. Like, I think they beat Michigan when they were like maybe number one overall. Um, so yep. it's just like they just do it, man. And they looked good. Uh, I feel bad for the A&M alum on this call with us. Uh, <laughs> but it was it, – it was pretty cool how they won the game because it was like a masterful like chess – like. Like they were playing chess, so they basically their whole game plan was to just pound the football over and over. On third, on third down, they knew they were going for it on fourth down. Over and over, they wanted to dominate time of possession so that AM never got to see the field and they could throw their freshman quarterback out of rhythm. And that's what mm-hmm. they did. And they executed it like as perfect as you could execute a game plan. It felt like they were playing NCAA 14 where you have like a team that's like 60 overall, but you're playing a team that's 95 overall. Mm-hmm. And you know the only thing you can do is keep them off the field and like get the score right before the half ends. Mm-hmm. Incredible. I'm sorry. I don't want to, I don't want to rub salt in the wound, but when I was watching it, I was just like, this is, this is the formula. Like they found Anim's weakness and they just grinded at it 
and it was just it was crazy because usually yeah. you make a mistake when you're the lesser talented team, mm-hmm. but they just didn't make mistakes. Yeah, there, there was nothing to really exploit against them. I mean, from what I watched, I think I watched up to the half, and it looked like it looked like Jimbo just got completely outcoached. Um, and yeah, 100%. pretty crazy. Uh, what do you what what say you uh, and them fans? I I unfortunately agree for the most part. I think yeah, the game plan from Appalachian State to, yeah, just dominate the clock really won out. And um, A&M had a couple costly turnovers, and that didn't help the situation either. And, yeah, I think Haynes King, he's he's not a freshman, like you said, Andrew, but he – Looks like played like a freshman. Well, I guess he might be – Freshman in high school, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Damn. Um, he might be a redshirt freshman i'm not sure because he only played like one i think i think it's his third year but he, yeah yeah but he anyway um he has not looked good at taking care of the ball he's thrown interceptions like in his one game last year he threw interceptions in the first game of the season this year he threw interceptions and i think he just needs to learn to take care of the ball. And yeah, when they came out with that with that game strategy and we turned the ball over, um, it could not have gone any better for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. When that was the case. So. He also looks like a bobblehead when he runs. Uh, Dude, he looks just like to pour his, it on head, him. his head just he looks like he's got like a twenty, you know, whatever year old's body and then just like a twelve year old's head inside of yeah. like a like a peewee head. Like a for sure, football helmet. and like a massive helmet. Like he literally yeah. looks like what were, the, what were those games? Was it you know what I'm talking about little league or whatever? Like the baseball games. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, backyard football. Yes, guy. dude. It looks like backyard football where they just have these massive heads. <laughs> yeah, he's got like five inches of padding on either side of his head. Dude, for it's real. Um, yeah, but it yeah, was crazy. Unfortunate, but that's how it is. For sure. Tommy, any uh... as the other A and M alum here, um, I I have to say that, uh, and I'm my my I have multiple you know Aggies in my family, so I followed them my whole life, and uh, it just seems like ever since we weren't dominating the Big Twelve anymore, um, and then came to the SEC. It just seems Dominated. like we've never quite ever <laughs> two okay, wins, two championships. Uh, I don't know, man. It was a long time ago. I'm, I, we were pretty good, I think. Yeah, uh, we don't remember. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't really remember. I just remember a lot of winning. Um, at least that's what uh, that's what they told me. Uh, For real, don't look it up. Don't look it up. If you're listening, don't say. Uh, yeah, don't check it out. Just, rem- uh, just pretend. Just remember. Uh, so yeah, we like ever since, like yeah, back into the Big Twelve, uh, and then really our entire tenure in the SEC so far, we, we, we can spend money. We can hire big, you know, hire coaches. We can, you know, keep renovating the stadium 12 times. What we can't seem to do is find an offensive identity. So I feel like we're not quite smash mouth, like run it in your face football, but we're also definitely not some dynamic high flying passing offense. 
I, I just don't really know. And this has been a problem between different coaches, different quarterbacks, different offensive coordinators. And uh, I think one of the reasons we got Jimbo is because he won with FSU with Jameis, you know, playing good offense. Uh, when you have a quarterback winning a Heisman, obviously you're doing something right. And I don't think it's panned out like he or we thought it would. Um, and I just don't know where we go from here, quite frankly. Uh, I just don't. I'm going to read a quick, know. quick little stat real quick. Okay. So um, first 50 games as Texas A&M head coach, Bumbo Fisher, 35 and 15. Do you want to know who was 36 and 14? Kevin Sumlin. Kevin Bumlin? Kevin <laughs> Bumlin. <laughs> okay. So well, it's, just, it's just one of those things where, like, you – you it's like the upgrade uh, go back. You know what I mean? It's like, the, oh, like, shit, we met – you know, we should – what are we I doing? Know, like, yeah. I'm not, not going to say here's what, here's go what back. Nagy fan, here's what an Aggie fan would say back to you. Well, we had – he had Manziel, and that was – that's what carried it's like he won with good players. What does Jimbo have? Good players. Supposedly they have like the better fourth players, best. Actually. Yeah, better players. It's like I, my thing with Jimbo is it's Tommy nailed it on the head. It's like he is stuck in 2014 offense. Like that he had Jameis Winston. They won in I think it was 2014, 2013, 2014. And he wants yeah. to do the same thing. And he wants Haynes King or Zach Calzada or Max Johnson. He wants that guy to be just Jameis. He's like, go go out there and be Jameis. Like, go out there, run a like multiple, maybe pro, sort of pro style offense, and just like do it. You know, like it's easy. <laughs> like it's easy. <laughs> I won a championship. Like, and I'm making twenty billion dollars a year. Like, it should be easy for you. It's not easy for a regular college football player. And so to expect that, and to expect Haynes King to make these reads, is just like, it's stupid. And then meanwhile, you have like. You you get AM gets in these situations where they're ranked five to start the season or six was it? Six, yeah. And then it, and then like every like everything falls on their shoulders because they're supposed to compete like they're Bama, but they're not Bama and they're not coached like they're Bama and they never got the Lane Kiffin offense re- renovation that Bama got and so they just it's just like you set up for failure. It's pretty sad, honestly. Yeah, it's 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 honestly circling back to the point we made earlier. It's a little bit Bill Belichick vibes where they're just – it's this coach that's had the success and has done these great things. Uh, and not to say that Jimbo's on Bill's level, but, you know, they <laughs> both had sol- both had great careers in their own respects, maybe to two different levels there. But, like, both of them have had some success doing it a certain way and don't seem to be adapting in the same way other guys are, like a Nick Saban uh, – who some people thought would never move to some air raid offense. And then he realized that it needed to be done. And so he figured out, you know, how to, how to incorporate that. And it just seems like we are stuck in the middle of, of, of not quite that, but not quite a a run game that is enough to carry us. And I, I just don't know. Uh, I just don't know where we go from here. Quite frankly, I don't really have any, (laughs) <laughs> any positive optimistic spin on that it's just pretty, pretty pretty bleak at the moment it's bleak and it's like regression like the wheels were starting to fall <laughs> off at florida state before he got hired at a&m people forget that like they were they yeah, won true. like six games very true so, towards mm-hmm. the end of it it was like he won in 2014 
he stayed, and they slowly got worse. Remember, Jameis stayed that next year. They went undefeated. I think they lost to Oregon. Still a really good team. Jameis Winston's your quarterback. And then it just regressed. And so I'm interested to see if he adapts, like because he's not going to keep his job unless he fires some offensive staff. He kind of has to. It's the, it's the Tom Herman rule. You just got to fire your offensive staff to save face. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. <laughs> Man. All right, well, Andrew, I want you to go into this um, beautiful, uh, immaculate discussion on our king, our Heisman, our Heisman uh, favorite um, that we need to get the Vegas bookies to update the numbers on, uh, Garrett Schrader. Mm-hmm. And and we manifested this. I want the better than nothing listeners know. That- they know we said it first. They know that ESPN has been trying to push this down. They don't want. They don't want to see an ACC team. <laughs> They've been that's silencing us. Yes, so that the 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 liberal media. <laughs> <laughs> but listen to this, Garrett Schrader, on Saturday, again going under the radar. I bet you didn't know. Pro Football Focus's top QB, second week in a row, twenty for twenty three, threw for two hundred eighty seven yards and three touchdowns. And yes, it was against UConn. All right. What? That's what you're it supposed to do. Be, it, it, that's what exactly. That's what you're supposed mm-hmm. to do. He hit the bet last week. He hit the over easily. They were up like 17-0 at the end of the first quarter. His running back is also, I think, a Heisman hopeful. His running back's going under the radar. Sean Tucker. He's he's running for like 160 yards. I mean, the offense is there. They hired Virginia's offensive coordinator from last year, who I think had them as like the third best offensive coordinator. So he's rolling. He's throwing the football. Uh, he's running. He's just a beast all around. He plays Purdue this week, okay? P5 competition. It's a pick em. You win this, you have another dominant showing, and suddenly you're vaulted into the Heisman discussion, the real Heisman discussion. Now, I suggest to ask your bookie and get those odds now before he before he takes off. And mm-hmm. then and then you're, you're going, oh, man, he's minus 350. Your love wish I took holding it, the back. Wish I took it in week three. <laughs> minus yeah. 350. So wow. I, when it's Heisman I, night and we make two more billion dollars, you're gonna be billion. sad, man. So <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling good about the Syracuse future too. Uh, Clemson still hasn't seemed to find an offensive pulse yet. They played Furman, an FCS team. They only put up like 30 points. So it's very possible that this high-powered Syracuse offense goes into Clemson and just beats the yeah. brakes off them. Yep. Um, so I just wanted to open it. That's my reaction from week one. I'm, I'm ready. We've been on the train, but the train is the, the bandwagon is growing. We're, we're accepting people into it. Um, push it on Twitter. People need to know Disney is silencing us. Um, (laughs) and he's going to win some games. For sure. Love it. Um, I also want you to get into this, um, UT game. Their um, their moral victory against Utah yeah. against uh, Alabama. It's a it's a lot it's a lot to break down because I think the natural reaction of anyone watching any team play well against a team like Bama is to say the team that is playing them is on Bama's level. Like they they anyone watching that game said, okay, Texas actually probably should have won this game. Like that's looked like they could have won the, won the game. Um, 
but I also think we have to kind of step back a sec and let, let's look at the facts. All right. Um, that's what we do. I want to, re- I want to remind <laughs> everyone Texas playing Bama close at home likely has no impact on if Texas is good or Bama is bad. I'm not saying that, th- that it's not a data point we can use, but I am saying that Bama historically last year lost or almost lost three of their four true away games last year. So they were not good on the road. I think Joel Klatt mentioned that during the broadcast, but it's like we have to remember it's hard to, it's hard because you see them you see them blow these teams out, you see them go to playoff games. But in three of those four games, I'm gonna read them off to you. At AM, three point loss, okay? At Auburn, shouldn't have won. Auburn had their third string QB, two point game. I think they went it went for two in overtime and they Yeah, won. overtime. Yep. It was it was a disgusting game. At Florida uh, which I think this was the earliest game, actually. Two-point game, went for two to win it in the Swamp. They won those games, so, I mean, you can't take anything away from them. But they were close. They looked shaky, and it was away. Because when you play in a tough away environment, all bets are off with college football. They're kids at the end of the day. And mm-hmm. and their quarterback is as kid as it gets. I mean, he's great, and he won a Heisman, but it's like, those were bad teams last year. Those teams, none of those teams. Sorry, a fans. None of those teams were very good at all, and they played close, and they still yeah. made the playoff. They still made the semifinal. So For sure. I just I want I, I want it, to it plays into it plays into the kind of mentality that in college football more than anything you you want to believe oh if X team beats this team then they're better than that team undeniably, and also you know that mean, that means that this team that beats that team is better than right and like. But doing that logic, uh, Mississippi State is better than Alabama last year. Uh, Mississippi State, who sucked, and Alabama, who went to the Natty uh, and blew exactly. everyone out until the last game. Um, so it's just sometimes it, it, it's not – they're outliers. Like Andy said, they're literally kids. These are 18-year-olds. Um, so, yeah. It's, I love that, though. The, the other thing is UT, same team, in Austin, again, mm-hmm. played yep. LSU – two, three years ago, took them to the end of the game. Yep. That LSU team won the whole thing. Yep. Did, did, Texas finish, did Texas finish doing anything well? No. Lost the big – I don't think they made the Big 12 title game. I mean, I so it's, it's just clear. Um, don't take too much from this game. We'll For figure sure. out more about Texas. They could be good. Sure. But we don't know. And does that mean they won't win eight games? No. They might. Again, they might win eight games like they did the season against LSU. But does that mean they're on level with Alabama? I, I certainly don't think so. Yeah, and at the risk exactly. of sounding too much like Kirk Herbstreit or something, uh, I think what y'all are saying can be boiled down to good teams win football games, you know? Exactly. Um, yeah, like for sure. The person who comes out the end and wins is is you know important that you can actually finish the game and win the game. So for sure. And you you'll you always have tests. You always have games that you lose to a worse team or you you come close to a bad team. But it doesn't mean you're you're the worst side or that you're not good. Like Alabama could win every game by seventy, and I don't think that takes away from the fact that you can have one game where you struggle. But yeah, exactly. You said you, all that matters is you come out and you're the winner. All right. And, let's... You know, and, and I just want to finish it. Like 
who knows if, if this is in, like if Bama is the team we thought they were either. It's like That's you true. don't want to overreact, but you have to take every data point into For consideration. Sure. And good teams do win, so they came out with it. But let's keep an eye on them. Yeah. Let's see if there's some value. That's a, that's a fact. I think it definitely plays into like my strategy moving forward. I, I never I, – I just know they're going to get these inflated spreads anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this kind of was a cautionary tale of like, hey, you you know, any minus 30 against a D1 team, you probably shouldn't take ever. You just probably shouldn't do it. Um, and I think – Especially, I know Xavier was really high on on Bama, and I we all were. We were all Will Anderson simps last week. Um, his name will not be said multiple times this week because he looked no. pretty pretty bad, pretty pretty average. Looked like he had me out there, didn't know what I was, and I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, he looked like he did, like Louis looked like he never played with the team before. <laughs> like, he looked like he never practiced with them one time. Um, but yeah, so a little cautionary tale: do not take and don't don't take favorites most of the time anyway, you know, I mean, it's kind of stupid because then you, you know, you would well, make okay. $1 if they won. And if I, they, on the off chance they lose, you just lost your money. I want to, uh, yeah. I think any team that's playing in a like crazy environment, that's like their own, it's like not a hostile environment. I think if a team is supposed to blow you out at home, it's tough for me to like, not think about, an environment like Texas state, like Texas is going to get up. Like, like if Bama is playing a team at their house, everyone is going to that game, even mm-hmm. though they think they don't have a chance because on the rare chance they do have a chance, uh, it's going to be loud. Yeah, for sure. Sweet. Let's quickly just go through our college football week three picks. Um, Cause I really want to talk about premier league and all these other things. Um, I'll just go through both of mine. Um, feel free to comment. Feel free to, to, to tell me I'm wrong. Uh, but I'm just gonna do both mine real quick. Um, I like OU minus 11 and a half against Nebraska. Scott fraud was fired. Um, and it cost the school an extra, I think like 8 million. Uh, Andrew, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was cost school an extra 8 million. It did. Yeah. Yeah. They could have waited and, 30 um, days. They could have literally waited. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I know I know there's a chance they're better without him because he was a bad coach, but I also just think it takes time to install offenses, head coaches, all that deep, everything. It changes everything. It might even change who plays, and the co- the new coach might want to see uh, who he wants to play um, out of the guys they have, or if they want to play some younger players and develop some guys. So I just think OU by you know basically two touchdowns. Um, I think that's a good. I think that's a good bet. Uh, I like it a lot. And then my second one, BYU money line plus one fifty versus Oregon. That in my mind is a smash. I think Oregon's not very good. I think Georgia obviously is amazing, but just what they did to them. I mean, they just kind of gave everyone the blueprint to how to beat them. They obviously, you know, BYU doesn't the players that that Georgia has, but they look very very good. Even without their top two receivers, they beat Baylor. And um, I think that Baylor team is pretty good, but I just think they look great. Um, their defense is really good. So, yeah. And, hey, the, the jury's still out on whether or not they they are as good as – like, for all we know, Oregon is just 
is terrible. It just, just got bad, embarrassed yeah. on for sure. And it, that that yeah. game was also in Atlanta. Going back to yeah, neutral site. It's like I think it was I think it was eighty twenty Georgia fans in the in the I think it was Mercedes Benz. It's like it was yeah, yeah like bright lights. Like Georgia's uh-huh. been there, Oregon is not. Yeah, and you're right, dude. They yeah. could it could have totally been preseason BS of like mm-hmm. there was no real proof that they should have been a number eleven. So. Yeah, I I think the Oregon, it actually uh, kind of ties into a quick point I'll make about the Texas game too. So I agree with everything y'all were saying on the, essentially you can't overreact too much to one game. And we have to realize that, especially early in the season, these are young guys, a lot of variables, a lot of unknowns, anything can happen. Um, I will say uh, at the same time though, you do have to take this stuff into account and start to build a bigger picture mm-hmm. as the season goes on. And so this might be nothing from Texas, but it is a step in the right direction for, sure. for whatever that's worth. And if they do go on to put together a solid season, we'll look back and say, okay, like that was, you know, a pretty telling performance against Bama. Um, but it could easily turn out to be a fluke. The Oregon thing is kind of the flip side of that coin where that was such a bad performance against Georgia. No matter how good Georgia is, it is inexcusable to do what Oregon did in that game. And they could turn, you know, maybe they turn things around. Maybe that just ends up being somewhat of a fluke, but I think until they prove us other, until they prove otherwise, you know, we got to kind of reset our expectations on them and, and say, BYU has proven they can play. Oregon has not. Yeah. Uh, I will take 150 money line all day. So mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. I love that for sure, dude. Yeah, dude. I I love that. That's a great point. Um, also, I'm pretty sure FCS Stanford allowed less uh, points to Georgia than uh, Oregon did. You're right. So that was a better yeah. game. <laughs> so that just shows you really all you need to know. Yep. Um, Marcus, let's hear your, you have three picks or two. <clears throat> you have a shocker, man. I'm not going to lie. This one is, this <laughs> one is not like that. I'm not going to smash it. Cause I think it's a smash, but I'm surprised you put it. Yeah. Um, if you know that I went to A&M, you probably would be, um, but we're sad. Yeah, sad I'll I'll start uh, I'll start somewhere else in the SEC and and say the uh, Mississippi State spread or or even just the Mississippi State money line versus LSU. Um, it's just about even there. Uh, I think Mississippi State, you know, they haven't really had a test this year, but they've played two not FCS schools and have performed very, you know, pretty, pretty well. Um, their quarterback has nine touchdowns in two games. Um, you know, he's a junior. He's, he's had some solid years in the past two years. And so really, I just feel like Mississippi state has been consistently average. Um, and I think this year they're they're looking pretty solid as well. And I mean, LSU, maybe it's just me 
not liking Brian Kelly and everything he stands for, but um, I think they're they're bad. Yeah. And that's pretty much my argument right there is just they're going to lose. They're bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I really just – Brian Kelly, I mean, I don't know what he's doing. That's it. Like, that's I don't the know, I don't know. I don't know why he went to LSU. I don't know why LSU. I, I know why gave him so much money. Kaching. Yeah. Money. Yeah. yeah. Money. The, the Jimbo. The Jimbo way. The Jimbo <laughs> They yeah. they tried to get Jimbo so they, but they couldn't. So then they they went for Jimbo. They couldn't. They couldn't pay for Jimbo's. Uh. They they're having a mid off right now. <laughs> yeah. They. <laughs> they couldn't pay for Jimbo's um, fake national championship trophy on his desk. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of Jimbo, uh, my second bet was the Miami versus A and M money line, um, and I chose Miami. Hell yeah! Which uh, <laughs> not really staying true to my roots here, but I think Miami looks pretty solid. Um, you know, I haven't watched their two games, but. Um, yeah, I think they're on the come up, and A and M, like I said earlier, we just keep turning the ball over, yeah. um, whether it's fumbles or interceptions. And Haynes King, he's had flashes, but I, I don't know if he's good enough to go into, into uh, Miami. Actually, is it a home game? I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I feel like Miami will pull out the win here, unfortunately. And like you said, Tommy, earlier, um, there's not a lot of positives to look at from the A&M side. And it's a plus 180 money line for Miami, which I was kind of shocked to see. Yeah, Probably dude, that's actually positive. crazy. Well, you might as well make money if your team's trash. I mean, that's Well, that's what of... I was going to say. For the, for the folks at home, for the new and casual betters, listeners uh, to this podcast, that's what we call an emotional hedge. Mm-hmm. Where you say, you say, I am, I know my team, I want my team to win, but you know, if they don't, I'm gonna go home with some cheddar. Might as well make some money because the value yeah, of them yeah. winning is almost is bad, is just as good. It's just yeah, as good. <laughs> and you don't even have to think about it as you're betting against your own school that you've poured your blood, sweat, and tears into standing up for football games for years and. And you don't have to look at it like that. You just look at it like, hey, this is some really nice odds. True. This is, I can't believe, I mean, for those of us, uh, or, or, or those of you on the podcast that are SEC haters, uh, this is chalkboard, whiteboard material right here. <laughs> we have the 13th ranked team in the nation, 2-0 Miami. The U at plus 180 against AM after we just lost to Appalachian State at home it's because in ugly fashion. I am blown away by these, these odds. Though, those of us that watched the Miami Southern Miss game, it's disgusting. It was some of the worst football I've ever watched in my life. They, they, ended up, <laughs> they ended up winning like 30 to 7, but I think going into the third quarter, it was like 10 to 7 against Southern, like a bad Southern Miss team. Um, mm-hmm. 
So I, I think uh, y'all are about to have another mid-off, as they say. Uh, <laughs> so I think Vegas is just like, whatever. Like, it's a pick em, basically. But if it's a pick em, why is it plus 180? Why are they almost Because I think people are hammering uh, A&M for a revenge game. Would be my guess. I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, all right, dude. I like both those a lot. So I'm, I appreciate your objectivity. Let's hear I, from... I try to keep the bias out. Dude, I love it. <laughs> uh, Tom, let's hear yours, my man. Uh, yeah, so first pick for me is going to be uh, Michigan State Moneyline against Washington. Smashed. Um, similar vibes to the Miami game, actually. Michigan State is ranked and, uh, and, and ranked you know, decently high at that. Uh, and you have Washington unranked, uh, getting no votes, uh, even to, to be ranked at all. Um, so you have an 11 versus a, you know, no vote unranked. And for some reason, Washington is favored. Um, and again, it is, you know, it's more, you know, more classic college football stuff. Um, Washington's at home, uh, you know, hypothetically they have some talent. I know and you theory. know that they're in the Pac-12, so uh, I have my doubts. Say uh, no more. I, I will I will gladly take the, uh, the 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 spread that Vegas is giving me there, um, and I uh, would like the spread or the money line. The money line's plus one thirty-five. Um, that's probably my preference because I think Michigan State's just going to win the game. Um, but uh, I think anything Michigan State in this game is is a, is a good bet, um, and, and I think that Washington um, needs to ex- explain to me why they're worth picking before I before I start picking. Uh, yeah. The sure. the second pick I have uh, is going to be uh, Pitt minus ten uh, this week. So I. Uh, Really, really enjoyed the pit game on uh, this last weekend. Um, they did uh, lose in overtime, unfortunately, but it was an electric game against uh, you know 15th ranked uh, Tennessee team. Very back and forth. Pittsburgh uh, really lost the game. I mean, more than anything, it was really their secondary. Um, they gave up some big plays to Tennessee. Uh, I think that. They're a very strong team, and 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 I think they're going to be an interesting, uh, you know, interesting team to watch all year. Uh, and then this week they're going up against Western Michigan, uh, who I have no reason to believe can hang with them. And the line is uh, is, is just ten. So don't I'll, don't sweep. All the directional Michigan. Well, Western, Western I'm going to take beat them. Beat them last year. That's what. Like, well, last year was Pitt, different. Pitt, well, Pitt won the ACC and Western Michigan beat them, which is the worst. Well. It's yeah, going to be and, a revenge and, game. You always take that risk. Batting college football, there's always, you know, any sport. For sure. You know, college football I still like the pick, though. Anything can happen. I think too. that Pitt coming off the Tennessee game, little revenge game. Well, and I mean, like you just said, kind of double revenge game. Trying to get exactly. back to Western Michigan for last year, getting back, their, you know, getting their season back on track after Tennessee. So I'll take ten points and uh, and hope they can win by a couple touchdowns. And and Western Michigan lost a lot of talent to NFL as well. So uh, double reason I I agree. I think you take Pitt. I think they come out angry because you can't win the ACC and lose to Western Michigan. Um, it destroyed all their playoff hopes last year. So they're they're not going to come out sleeping. 
Um, yeah. Last year. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Andrew, you know the drill. Okay. I'll take us home. I, yeah, I'm making a lot of these picks off of sort of a mixture of, of the games I watched last week and just how I'm feeling about certain teams. And there's one team in particular that, I mean, if anyone has forgotten how to play offense, Jimbo makes Jimbo makes Iowa look like Chip Kelly, or he looks like A and M looks like Chip Kelly, yeah. Oregon, um, when compared to Iowa. They played the uh, a very good FCS, like the number two FCS team, and the game ended seven to three. A week this was two weeks ago. They didn't score a single touchdown. They play Iowa State this past week, and um, I think Jacob had money line on that, so I did. Great pick. Um, and they only scored seven points against them. So it's like they scored one touchdown total mm-hmm. <laughs> in the last two weeks of football. And one of those teams is an FCS team. They are favored by like 30 or 23 against Nevada. I don't want to – Nevada's Nevada is two and one. They just lost to an FCS team. But that being said, they've beaten teams and they've proven they can score some points. Um Iowa, on the other hand, is not proven to me they can score points. So that's where my pick's at. The yeah. under's going to be around 31. Um, <laughs> I've never seen a team score a combined 14 points in the first two weeks yeah. and still get a team under around 30. Um, Nevada could be the worst team in the world, and I don't know if Iowa could score 30 points in them. So that is uh, my first pick. And then for my last pick, it's kind of a heart pick. It's mm-hmm. it's I'm going with my with my heart, and my heart says Garrett Schrader Heisman. So yeah. Syracuse heart and brain, heart and brain. <laughs> Syracuse money line against Purdue. Like I said earlier, it's probably they can win the way I think they can, uh, which is a resounding offensive win where they put up thirty plus. Um, Garrett Schrader's in the real Heisman lottery now. Um, and I don't think, I think people need to wake up. Wake <laughs> up, you sheep. Like, realize, <laughs> realize that this is not Syracuse of the past, and this is a contract year for Dino Babbers, like we mentioned in week one when we're going over the futures. Dino Babbers' contract year means 10 wins. Let's go. Let's do a natty, Syracuse natty. Natty, my bad. First team to win a natty in basketball and you heard it here first. Wow. Um, all right. So that's college football. I, I actually liked every single pick. I, I like genuinely probably take every single one of those. I, I'm going to be interested to see how we do at the end of the weekend. Because uh, I think we're going to do pretty well um, overall. All right. Boys. Also, What's real up? quick, uh, what, one last thing. Uh, we'll yeah. try on top of the college football segment. Um, I want to give a shout out to uh our, our our guy Xavier who uh last sure. minute couldn't couldn't make the show today but uh he had a fun pick that I wanted to shout out the uh, yeah, over 62 and a half in the Kansas Houston game. I think both those teams have been putting up some points. Kansas really impressed me last weekend. Yeah. Uh in team. Yeah, I mean they are electric. So mm-hmm. uh, I uh, I will take I'll take that <laughs> over all day. Never been uttered ever. It's unbelievable. I can't believe the words I'm saying. But you yeah. want to talk about some college basketball, college football dual championship Curly. stuff? 
Kansas. It's the year of the basketball schools. That's what we're saying. <laughs> that is yeah, what it is. True. That is yeah. what it is. And don't forget, we Duke, have a, Duke looks great too. They do. Um, <laughs> don't forget, we have an over of of two and a half wins right now. For Kansas, yep, yep. Yeah, I already got two. So week one, you could have gotten in on that action, but if you didn't, I mean, I can't blame one. you. I can't blame you if you just haven't listened, sir. But just just saying, I feel like weirdly enough, our futures are looking okay. Um, yeah, let's. Great, great point though. I do like that a lot. Uh, Xavier also had Georgia Tech plus six. And he said, "Fade the public." A true degen, a true brother. Um, so let's go into uh, English Premier League. I know Tommy's been itching to talk about Premier League. Um, let's yeah, Tommy, you kick us off, man. You go with your bets, um, and then we'll kind of we'll. We'll talk about our best. We'll talk about the state of the Premier League, and then um, we'll we'll get into like Champions League and all that fun stuff. Yeah, for all the uh, all the the new listeners that just hopped on and hit the timestamp to for sure you did. Welcome, <laughs> yeah. um, all I, nine thousand of you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. At least. Uh, so. Um, yeah. So been a been a, a wild year so far. Um, in the uh, in the international football world, um, the Premier League is uh, as deep as ever with a ton of really interesting teams, a uh, ton of money being spent. Uh, I think that um, I mean obviously there's all kinds of uh, storylines and narrative we'll, we'll get into here, but uh, I'm going to start off with the uh, newly promoted teams, uh, two of who are playing each other this week and. Have been really uh, interesting additions to the to the prem already. So uh, Fulham uh, and Nottingham Forest are going against each other uh, in what is almost a pick'em game. Uh, I'm taking Fulham plus 150 money line. Now, for uh, for our more novice betters out there, it's a kind of different world when you get into the soccer betting uh, because the money line is not as simple as one team wins or the other team wins. You also have the tie possibility in there. So, uh, or the draw, as we say. So, uh, the Fulham plus 150 uh, means that they need to win outright. Um, so, you know, be on the lookout for that. Uh, if you took that and they draw, you will not get your money back. But I'm feeling great about Fulham. Fulham has been uh, really dynamic so far. Um, they've been scoring goals, which is often a problem for newly promoted teams. Um, Nottingham has been. Uh, you know, they've been putting up a fight, but I think they are one of the weaker sides in the league, probably. Uh, and I think Fulham's going to challenge from mid-table. So uh, I'm honestly surprised this line is as close as it, as it is. Um, yeah. Fulham uh, has a couple guys that uh, are going to be, uh, in my opinion, on on uh, bigger bigger clubs very soon. Uh, so I think plus 150 money line outright looks great. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them win this game by a couple goals. I that's spicy. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I'm again. I'm, I'm kind of surprised this line is as close as it is. But again, anything can happen. Um, you know, any given weekend. So I, I get it. But um, the other, the other game I wanted to shout out um, a couple other teams that have uh, <laughs> a couple teams that could find themselves um, in the in the relegation zone. Uh, West Ham and Everton. So mm-hmm. they're playing each other this week. West Ham, uh, I think, is, is has gone off to a very slow start. They have just 
really had a hard time scoring. Um, haven't been allowing an insane number of goals. It's just been a lot of, you know, kind of disappointing, uh, you know, weak, you know, one-o losses, that, that type of vibe. Uh, I think they're going to get back on track, though. I think they have too much talent. Um, I, I think that last, last year was not a fluke, and I think they are going to still be in the table. Everton is kind of in shambles. Um, they, uh, they lost maybe their best player uh, in the transfer window, Richarlison, and I think that they're going to really struggle to stay up this year. So um, I like West Ham uh, a lot in this game. The uh, there's a couple different ways I would I would bet this game uh, because the West Ham money line is not is not not good. The odds are the odds are poor. Vegas expects them to win. So what I like is uh, on MGM. There's a bet where you basically say, okay, if West Ham doesn't win, then so if we just take that out off the table and you get your money back if that happens, what's more likely to happen between the other two outcomes? Uh, so I'm taking the tie. Uh, which I believe is minus 105, as opposed to an Everton win is like minus 130. I was pretty surprised by that. I would be very surprised to see Everton win this game outright, um, even with West Ham's struggles this year. So I'm taking that. Uh, there's other betting websites and uh, books that uh, will do a spread where it's kind of a mix between two different spreads, a half and half. Um, so I like the West Ham uh, zero or half a goal spread. Um, if you have that, uh, I think getting some exposure to West Ham winning this game by a goal is, uh, is how I'm feeling. So. Yeah, I do. I love it. I think Fulham, I've been a huge, if not like the biggest surprise team in the prem this year. Um, I really like the money line and I, I agree with you on, I think West Ham have looked a lot better, um, since I think they, they beat Villa and then they, Drew Spurs, and they've looked really good. I mean, they, they started off like zero goals. And, of course, when they come to Villa, uh, they score like two or three. I can't even remember. Um, but, yeah, dude, I really like those. Yeah. Yeah. And they also just won their uh, Europa Conference League game uh, midweek. So oh, cool. I think there's some momentum building there. Um, and uh, the Geverton's in for a, in for a tough time. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um. I'll go next. So I, my first pick, I, I like City minus one and a half versus Wolves. To me, that just feels like a no brainer. I know, I know it's kind of insane to think it's a, almost a lock that it seems going to win by two goals, but I could see Holland scoring two alone, if not three. And then you have, you factor in Gundogan, Rodri, you know, Mares, and KDB. I just feel like, any of those guys that score one, uh, do I think Wolves score more than one against them, even with, you know, Costa, who's basically on a retirement leg with Wolves, and he just got there? Uh, I don't think so. So I really like minus one and a half. I think that's very, very good value. So, yeah, I love that one. Uh, City just look really good, especially with Holland. I do think something we can get into later, but I think the Premier League as a whole is pretty open this year, actually. But City are City still, so they look pretty good. I still think it's open, though. I think they've they've looked just as good, if not a little bit worse, based on their results of last year. So it just depends on are they going to, you know, stay on track to do ex- – like if, if they stay exactly on track as last year, sure, they, they win the league completely. 
However, I think they might drop points as far as some losses this season. I think they'll have more than three losses this season. Um, so it just depends on what do the other teams do. Um, but I do think they'll, I think they'll, so it just depends. If they keep, if they keep, you know, getting out these draws and I think they had six draws last season. Um, they're about on track exactly how they were last season. Although they had a loss to Spurs, two of their three losses were against Spurs and they drew against, uh, and they also lost to Palace. But I feel like the teams they've drawn against so far have not really one they could have won. I think the teams they drew against, they were not in the driver's seat and then the team came back and sold one. The teams they've drawn against were almost dominating, which is weird of like Newcastle and Villa to think that they were dominating against City, but they were. And uh, it almost felt like City lost it. Like the City was getting beat. Those games had to claw their way back. So those don't really speak volumes of confidence to me. So I'm open-minded. However, I still think they have the potential to just get even better. Holland's going to have, you know, the whole international break to just be getting better and better. And that's terrifying. Uh, so, yeah, that's my first pick. And a little bit of my thoughts on City. Uh, and then this one does not have my stamp of approval. Really just a gut feeling. And uh, I, I think, uh, so it is a little spicy. And I, I do think Brentford Moneyline versus Asna uh, plus 330. That, I just think, man, just put two dollars Go buy yourself some Taco Bell after you win that one too or something. But I don't know. I like that one. Plus 330. Arsenal finally lost. They needed to lose. They got embarrassed. And I think now they're going to have to play better teams. Their first beginning of the schedule was like the, the easiest schedule in the Premier League by far. They have to play Brentford. Uh, they got their Europa League game canceled this week, which was very convenient for them, um, which doesn't make any sense actually. Uh, compared to the other teams that still get to play. Um, but we'll see. I think they'll get beat. I think they're getting exposed. And I think it'll just start snowballing from here. They still look good. They look better. I just think they're going to start getting beat. Um, and I think Brazil not calling up Jesus or um, I think uh, Martinelli. I, I think a lot of the guys are getting called up. Kind of, it's kind of interesting. I don't know. That's an interesting thing we can talk about later, but yeah. Yeah, very surprising. Yeah, I I love that pick. Um, obviously, it's a spicy one. It's uh, you know, it's not necessarily sure. like you can go in expecting it to happen. But for plus three thirty, it's a lot of fun. I think Brentford falls into a category with like Crystal Palace and mm-hmm. like West Ham, maybe yeah. where on any given Saturday, for sure they can. Like on their day, they can get up and play against anyone. I mean, you know, we and all remember West season, Ham last season, yeah, you know, true. almost beating Man City and ending up with the draw there at the end. So I think Brentford does that type of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. They're not consistent yeah. enough to That's start challenging sure. top four, but I think I think they can have a good day and and, and win the game two one. Yeah, one and they've surprise. they've had some huge wins this season. They've almost looked better this season than last season, which is surprising for sure. Um, so I agree with you. I think they can. If they can get up, I think they can do it for sure. Yeah. Our Man U fan on the podcast knows about Brentford. Yeah, for sure. And with that, we'll let Marcus <laughs> let Marcus speak his uh, piece. <laughs> I, what I will say is they play with a chip on their shoulder. They play they, – they work hard. And I think mm-hmm. – yeah, I think – I like the pick. I think if uh, Arsenal 
is not careful it could could uh, get out of hand mm-hmm. as uh, certain other games have yeah. um, certain other red teams certain other <laughs> four four to zero victories yeah. over <laughs> over certain other teams um yeah yeah let's hear picks marcus i want to i want to hear about this so first one especially it's kind of interesting i'm interested i want to hear it out um yeah so really it's uh just kind of like yours jacob it's kind of a gut feeling neither Mm -hmm. of these teams are particularly inspired this season um yeah and the 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 match is uh, southampton versus villa um and i think so both teams you know are relatively low scoring in the past couple games um and i feel like like an easy 1-1 draw here is is was just my gut feeling when i when i saw the matchup um villa is coming off of a you know a hot streak of a of a draw against man city <laughs> Uh, yeah, that is impressive. Which, when which, you said draw, I thought it was a joke, and then I was like, "Oh yeah, that actually is." It's it's that's a hot streak for them, um, for sure. Especially with the season they're having. So yeah, I I think they continue the draw trend, and I mean, they their Villas has not been playing particularly well. They kind of squeaked out the the draw against City with a with a goal towards the end, and mm-hmm. yeah, Southampton. Um, yeah, it's just average team, but, uh, my second pick, I like a little more, um, kind of in a similar vein to yours, Jacob. Um, and it's the over three and a half goals for city versus wolves. Um, which, yeah, basically, I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory. I mean, like you said, Erling Holland is putting in two to three goals a game and then that's not even including the goals that you know oftentimes other players are scoring oftentimes you know holling holland's getting subbed out julian Mm -hmm. alvarez uh the young uh i think uruguayan player uh is getting subbed in and he's scoring a goal even and if you don't look at the 1-1 1-1 draw with Villa. It's, they're all of their games, well, that past five, six games before that, and and their 4-0 win against Sevilla, Sevilla in the uh, Champions League have all been over three and a half goals. I mean, they are just pouring in the goals, and then, you know, they are letting slip one or two goals um, as well. So a lot of these games are getting up to five or six goals pretty easily. Um so yeah, I, I like the plus one thirty-five odds on that. I love that because it also factors in wolves as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So I mean, yeah. I mean, I could see City scoring four goals themselves, but then you factor in wolves. I think that's a really good, really good chance for some some good some good value. Andrew, any any bets on your end, or are you tapping out on Premier League? You don't want to. <laughs> 
as, a, as an Aston Villa fan, it was great hearing you talk about how great they've been uh, recently. Um, all I got to say is if there's a bet for next uh, manager to get fired, hopefully uh, there's some value on Gerard. Mass Gerard, yeah. But uh, at the same time, I don't know if I trust Aston Villa's admin to fire him. They seem in love with him. So uh, <laughs> we'll see on that. No, and I I really like all of those picks. Um, specifically the um, the City versus Wolves. Uh, I love the City bet and I love the over. Um, they're just they're just crazy, man. I I hate watching a well-run team that's not your own, but. I've been in the I've been in the mud lately for uh, EPL, so I don't even really want to talk about any bets just because my heart's not in it right now. Uh, but it was great hearing y'all's amazing bets, so uh, I'm ready to make some money on those. Yeah, dude, it's kind of nice that you can at least make even when your team's not doing well. I mean, that's one of the things I love about betting is you know, even when your team's not doing well, there's something you can cheer for. Yeah, and I'll make a quick comment about the EPL in general. This year, I think that um, we, I mean, we all know that the, the EPL gets, has the most money and the most spending yeah. of any league in the world, but that just seems to continue to be the trend even more and more so. And we're now at a point where, I mean, if you look at the, just up and down the, the league this year, kind of your point earlier, Jacob, there are so many teams that can really put in performances. And on top of that, if you look at even like the, the big six, quote unquote, I mean, you could argue that this is the best overall the big six has been in quite some time because obviously City looks amazing. Liverpool looks not great, but even then, I think, so I'm a Liverpool fan, by the way, uh, for, for the listeners, so that's my team. I think we're going to figure it out. Uh, we actually just beat Ajax in the Champions League today. I think there's too much talent. Uh, the code at Klopp is too good. I, I think we're 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 going to be fine. Um, it's frustrating how the year started, but I'm not I'm not overly worried. Uh, and then you know Arsenal looks dynamic. Manchester United looks really strong. Spurs look really strong. Uh, Chelsea is a bit wishy washy. Questionable yeah. coach firing, but. Maybe Potter comes in and revitalizes them. And you even have, I mean, and then I, you even have a team like, uh, yeah, like Newcastle, Brentford, uh, Crystal Palace that are putting in performances against, you know, top six teams and, and challenging there. And uh, the promoted teams have even surprised Dude, the upside Brighton. for the most part. Uh, Brighton, Brighton looks, looks really amazing. Good. Oh, Brighton yeah. looks incredible. I, I think this could be one of the most competitive Premier League years we've seen in a while. Let's uh, go into Champions League. So, Tom, I know you, you had some notes you wanted to talk about. Um, yeah. So, some, uh, some, so, maybe some jinxes. Maybe, maybe you jinx some stuff. Maybe, maybe a little bit. I hope, some of them I hope they jinx. Um, so, uh, yeah, Champions League, you know, I'm sure we'll um, maybe mention it here and there throughout the year um, on, on the pod. I... Uh, I, I, my, my quick two cents on it um, for, for any Champions League fans out there. Um, you know, as we all know, the, uh, the big boys just seem to keep getting bigger. And um, this year, 
the top guys just look as strong as ever. City looks amazing. PSG looks really, really strong. Uh, Neymar, Messi, and Bobby have all started out the year uh, incredibly. And obviously, it's hard to <laughs> hard to factor in some of the teams they're playing week to week in, in France. But um, nonetheless, I, I think it's hard to see a team like that not winning at all. Uh, with that said, though, there are uh, some fun teams that I would love the storyline and the narrative if we could if we could get an upset. Um, so right now, a couple on my watch list are uh, Barcelona and Tottenham. Um, both those teams are uh, you know big enough, have enough money that they can compete um, up there at the top. But uh, the odds are going to be a bit, be- a bit better right now if you're looking at Champions League bets. So um, if you have any any interest in either of those teams, I think they could be they could be fun to follow. Um, Lewandowski's shown his shown his class uh, all season so far, and um, even making some of the other guys uh, like Ndele look better than they have in previous years. Uh, and then Spurs as well has been uh, been, been pretty electric. Um, they did uh, unfortunately lose today. I think that was their first actual loss of the season, mm-hmm. um, and it happens. And there's there's always growing pains. Um, Son is off to a slow start. Uh, Kane hasn't been uh, incredible statistically. Uh, but when you factor all that in, and they still are just losing their first game of the season today, uh, I think they're they're a fun team to follow as well. So, um, in terms of week to week betting on the Champions League, um, you know there has been actually a few more upsets this year. Uh, I mean, Liverpool just lost four one last week. Um, you have, uh, you know, like I said, Spurs losing today. So. There's definitely money to be made on those, uh, but um, when you're looking at yeah the whole season, I would uh, I would be careful uh, getting too too committed to any Champions League uh, winning bets. Sure. Like one I was looking at like Dortmund is fun, but it's just it's hard for me to see a team like mm-hmm. that uh, taking it home against the yeah. likes of Man City, PSG, Real Madrid. So we'll see, but uh, should be a very interesting. Interesting year and a lot of a lot of interesting storylines. So yeah, for sure. I think yeah, personally, I feel like unfortunately PSG like this this feels like their year. Feels like things are starting to click for them finally, and I just feel like I don't I just can't imagine the team being better than them. Um, I think City also look good. I just think PSG are better. Um, but they also have the best player of all time on their team. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think I do like the idea of like you know if you were looking at like Barca Spurs Dortmund, I mean like the year Spurs made it to the final. I don't think anyone would have picked them. So you never know. It really depends on like how the group stages shake out and like what the two what the two sides end up looking like. Um, so yeah, I think those are great great points. Um, Marcus, any UCL thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I agree with y'all. I mean, City and PSG look pretty solid, but, um, I would say that, that I think Bayern, um, is still in a strong position. Um, they just beat Barca today, um, two, two to zero. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I think, you know, adding Mane, to that already, you know, 
you know, obviously they're strong every year, but yeah, adding Mane to the group, I think they could be a pretty strong favorite for sure. So yeah, 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 they're playing a bit more open without Lewandowski, um, Get the mm-hmm. ball in the wing a little bit more, um, yeah, get more guys sure. involved in the box because it's not just, oh, let's, you know, try to get the ball to, uh, you know, Robert and see if he can score for us. So um, I think you're going to have more guys involved, more goals coming from different places. And um, I mean, that's, and then ironically, City's doing the opposite, bringing in Holland and now going for a more clear number nine. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out but uh it's hard to see a team not one of those three winning uh right now but uh i would love to be proven wrong cool all right boys well let's dive into our dgen parlay and then we will move on from that and go to just some miscellaneous picks that marks i had that we want to share with you guys some bonus picks okay so DJ Parlay, so Tommy's pick, unfortunately, will happen before the pod releases, unless you found another one. I, I, I've, I've, I've edited it a little bit, and okay. uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to see if it plays. Is it out. possible to to put this in the parlay though? I guess if you it wait is. till after the game. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So exactly. with that, Tommy, just dive into it then. So I'm not going to pretend like I've watched every game of the current uh, European basketball tournament uh, that's been going on, but um, I, uh, I've watched a few and, uh, you know, kept up with um, a few of the teams specifically. And uh, Slovenia is uh, obviously a joy to watch. Um, uh, Dragic, uh, Doncic, uh, a few other uh, great contributors, um, three NBA players total. Uh, so they're a lot of fun, and I think definitely have been a tournament favorite the entire entire time. Um, they are going up against a relatively weak Poland side in the semi in the uh, quarterfinals tomorrow. So um, as this is released, that will game will probably already have happened or be happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are 14 point favorites. So I'm going to assume that they win that game. And then I'm going to tell you, you should take the Slovenia spread or money line, uh, pick your poison, as your bet in the DGN parlay for their game in the semifinal. So I think Slovenia is going all the way. Uh, I think that uh, I'll I'll take them in every single game. uh, And uh, their semifinal game will be on the 16th, uh, right in line with these other DGN picks. So uh, that that is my smash. Sweet. So I'll go with mine. Uh, I'm going with Kent in the Royal London One Day Cup in cricket. So mm-hmm. I'm currently living in Kent right now. Um, so I got a root for the home team uh, versus Lancashire. And they're plus 150 money line. So got to smash. I believe in them. I really do. Nice. Marcus, let's hear it, buddy. Love it. Um, I am also doing a, a bit of a themed pick. Um, Perfect. since I'm living here in Scotland. Uh, some of our listeners might not know that Scotland actually has their own uh, soccer uh, soccer league. And so the city I'm living in, Edinburgh, has a team called Hearts, and they're playing a team called Motherwell. So I chose the 
the Hearts money line in that game, um, which I think is a pretty solid pick. Hearts is usually a decent team. I think they'll uh, I think they'll win. So heck yeah. And then we've got Xavier's pick, which is Alan Sherrock money line versus Peter Wright in darts. Spicy, yeah. bro. This one Plus also eleven hundred. Yes. Wow. Plus eleven hundred. Okay, and then wow. um, so yeah, you can lock that. You can pretty much set and forget that bad boy. That's a lock. Um, so that's one dollar to win without Tommy's. That's one dollar to win sixty-eight dollars. Put put the house on that baby. Um, and then once Tom take it now and then take it again. Yeah, take it now while you're while you're thinking about it, and then take take it again. Any combo of this really, like whatever you feel, whatever you feel inclined to do. Like if you if you maybe you're like, oh, the Fallon Sherrock plus eleven hundred, a little too much action for me. We get it. We get it. If you're not ready for the the spice, Um, and you can place (laughs) that with Tommy's bet. Uh, You can you can mix and match them how you want. And then lastly, I'm going to give you guys a little a little extra bet. Um, my good friend Colin, who I'm staying with in London right now, he gave me that. He said this is a smash. He said this is a lot. Uh, this is a snooker bet. Don't know what snooker is. I think it's like poker. Never heard of it prior to today. But um, <laughs> this bet is um, Ronnie O'Sullivan in the British Open of snooker, and it's just just for him to win. Uh, he said just smash. He said he's the goat. He was like he's a savant. No clue Ronnie O'Sullivan is. But I trust Colin, and if you want just a fun bet to take, maybe I'll watch this snooker match and try and learn about it. Um, but yeah, that's my fun one. And then Marcus had a fun parlay for us to take uh, with some Scottish teams. Yeah, so I I was originally going to uh, do Hearts as part of this, but I'm actually gonna do a little uh, Premier League uh, parlay. But not the Premier League you're thinking of. Um, the real it's one. The Premier Lacrosse League. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, and oh. Uh, so we have the Water Dogs versus the Chaos. Um, great. Water Dogs. I mean, if, I mean, why aren't the Washington Commanders named the Washington Water Dogs? Honestly, dude, that's a sick name. That's a great I, question. I don't know. Um, but anyway, they got that dog in them. <laughs> Big time. Um, <laughs> and we're going to mix that with the uh, Scottish Premier League for the uh, Premier League parlay. And um, you can mix that with the, the Hearts money line versus Moneywell. And, you know, probably the easiest match of all time, the Celtic money line versus St. Mary, because Celtic is the go to team in, for sure. in the Scottish Premier League. So. Thanks, yeah. I love All right, boys. Well, dude, that was awesome. Uh, well, that pretty much wraps up for this episode. A little longer episode, but it needed to be. I mean, we had we got a ton of bets in here, so I'm excited to see how we'll do. Thank you guys so much for coming on. It was great bringing you guys on. I'm excited to talk to you guys more in the future. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for having us on, man. Of course. Yeah, thanks, Jacob. Was, yeah, dude, we'll, really we'll chat fun. more. And um, yeah, as always, you know, make sure – you subscribe to us. Uh, you subscribe to the pod wherever you listen. Subscribe to the pod. Um, it really helps us out. Uh, also, follow us on social media at Better Than Nothing. That's B E T T O R. Better Than Nothing. Um, yeah, we really appreciate you listening. Thanks, guys. See y'all.
And that's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in to this latest episode of Better Than Nothing. You can follow us on Instagram, Better Than Nothing, and also at RogueMediaNetwork.com. See ya! Down by 25 at the half. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast. Frozen, Frozen, heroes, gonna tell you about Frozen, Frozen. Heroes, gonna tell you about. Hey, I'm Zach. And I'm Mike. And we have a fantastic new podcast to tell you about. Bros, Foes, and Heroes. It's the two of us looking into the world of comics, breaking down some characters that you may have never heard of, and some that are just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, so Zach comes up with a character each time, and uh, I go into it just completely blind. I don't know who this person is or what their abilities are or anything. And, and basically, I guess we kind of go over their origin story and just some of the ridiculous stuff that maybe, especially Golden Age stuff. Oh, Golden yeah. Age stuff is always the best. And we will make sure to highlight all of the shenanigans and just absolute weirdness yeah. of everything. Yeah, that's right. So subscribe today and uh, follow us on Instagram at Bros Bros Heroes. And if you don't, I know where you live. Not really, but please subscribe. <laughs> Frozen, Frozen, Heroes. Gonna tell you about Frozen, Frozen, Heroes. Gonna tell you about... Welcome to One Star Rewind, a new podcast about those dreaded one-star reviews that every business owner hates to receive, but yet every customer loves to read. During this podcast, we will peel back that one-star review to better understand how it happened, when it happened, and what the business owner is doing after receiving that one-star review. This podcast will be about love, hate, and laughter. On One Star Rewind, we will meet with real business owners who will tell their stories and how they do rely on reviews for their business. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or download us at roguemedianetwork.com. Please subscribe, but only rate and review for not a one-star review. Join us each time for a new review and a new story.